once again to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. Hallelujah. The last couple of weeks we've been sealing the deal regarding the blessing. Amen. Amen. To seal the deal and walk in what God has in store for us at 2018, we have to walk in the royal law of the kingdom. Come on. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We have to do what? Walk in the royal law of the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, we know it. Love never fails. Tell your neighbor, love never fails. Come on, tell somebody else, say, love never fails. We know to walk in the blessing, everything must hang on your love walk. Once again, go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. To walk in the blessings, come on, because you are blessed, but you got to walk in it. Amen. But everything hangs on your love walk. I know some people don't want to hear that because you want to stay angry at people all the time. You want to walk in unforgiveness all the time. Come on, say amen, somebody. Want to look, go around looking screw face all the time. But you don't know that's affecting your blessing. And God can't get things to you because of your face. Hello. Hello. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avail of anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by what? Love. By what? Love. Once again, we've been stating the faith that connects us to the blessing worketh by love. But the fear that disconnects us from the blessing is cast out by what? Love. I'm just going to say fear. I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Go to First John chapter two, verse ten. <laughs> Somebody failed the pop quiz. Okay, amen. <laughs> but fear that disconnects us from the blessing is cast out by love. The Bible says, "Perfect love casts us out fear." So love is still key. Let me say, love is still key. First John chapter two, verse ten said, "He that loveth, he that what loveth his brother abideth where." In the light, and there's none occasion of stumbling in him. He says there's not even one chance of you stumbling if you walk in love. Amen. Not even one occasion. Tell your neighbor, not even one occasion. If you what? If you walk in love. That's just how important walking in love is. But it says in verse 11, but he that hateth his brother is where? In darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth, because why? The darkness has what? Blinded his eyes. See, walking in love keeps us in the brightness of the blessing, folks. And it keeps us out of the darkness of the curse. Amen? We'll turn to Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Once again, walking in love keeps us in the brightness of the blessing and out of the darkness of the curse. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt what? Thou shalt what? Love the Lord thy God with how? All thy heart, of all thy soul, and all thy what? Mind. This is the first and what? Great commandment. Verse 39. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt what? Thou shalt what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Then verse 40 says, on these what? 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything in your life, everything concerning how blessed you truly going to be, hangs on these two commandments. What are the two commandments? I, thou shalt love the Lord thy God of all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Say neighbor, everything hangs on those two laws. You cannot get around that, folks. Amen? And walking in love is not just a good idea. Let me say it again. Walking in love is not just a good idea. It's not just a suggestion. He's not suggesting you walk in love, folks. Love is a commandment of God. Because why? Love is a law that governs the operation of you being blessed or not. That's why it's a commandment. Because why? God wants you blessed. Let me say it again. God wants you blessed. Amen. But that blessing doesn't come unless you do what? Walk in what? Love. Go back to Galatians 5, 6 again. Look at it again. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avail of anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which what? Worketh by what? Love. The law of faith works right alongside the law of Love. Faith works by love just like a car works by gasoline once again. How many people forgot to put gasoline in their car today? Or this week? Have you went a month without gasoline? How far did you get? Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because no gas, no go. Or it says here, faith working by what? Love. That means... No love, no car that you believe in for, no house that you believe in for, no husband you believe in for, no wife you believe in for. Because no love, no faith. You can't have faith for any of those things if you're not walking in love. Okay, all right, amen. Why? It's like the law of gravity, folks. Faith worker by love is an irrefutable spiritual law that you cannot afford to violate. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. That's why walking in love, if you notice, is some of your biggest challenge. Okay, I got two people. That's why walking in love is your biggest challenge. You always got to get an attitude with somebody. Come on, say amen, somebody. You always got to have a nasty attitude if somebody steps on your shows. And just that quick, you walk out and get out of love. It don't take long. Why? Because the devil knows what buttons to push on you. And he knows if I can get them out there love walk, their faith ain't working. Okay, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we talked about how to stay out of strife. Amen. Glory to God. And we found, we found out that we must not only learn to deal with enemies in love when they come against us, but we must also learn to deal with our Christian brothers and sisters when they do us wrong. Because yes. Christian brothers and sisters will do you wrong. Yes. And you have done some of them wrong. Yes. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, we went over that extensively. You get the CD for that. But we've seen how it even affects the gifts of the Spirit operating in the church, folks. 
God can't move amongst strife. Amen? And don't let you be the one that prevents someone from receiving from God because of the strife that you're involved with. And the unforgiveness that you're still keeping in your heart. Oh, God, all right. Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. Or say ouch, which one you want. Amen. We also talked about how you have to forgive people whether they ask you to forgive them or not. Let me say that again. We also talked about how you have to forgive people whether they ask you to forgive them or not. Why? Because fusing to forgive is a breach of the commandment of what? Love. And it's also one of the most ignorant things you can do. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. See, holding too on to an offense against someone is like you drinking poison once again and hoping it kills them. Let me say it one more time. Some of y'all didn't get that. Okay. <laughs> holding on to an offense against someone is like you drinking poison and then expect, the, expect it to kill them. Hoping it kills them. Come on, say amen, somebody. Once again, that sounds crazy, but that's how people think. Exercising forgiveness, on the other hand, does what? It releases health and life, folks. And it's one of the most powerful things you can do to get the love and power of God flowing freely through you again. Oh, come on, are you with me out here? So it's something you have to always take what? Take the time to do very often. Somebody say very often. And we said what you should do is get up by yourself every once in a while and ask the Lord to remind you of anyone you need to forgive. Anybody had to do that several times this week? Oh, now I'm the only one. See, I didn't follow my instructions last Sunday. <laughs> so I need a big, I have a big altar call bar right now. <laughs> once again, we said get off by yourself. Are you taking this serious? Then it means some, at least one person should have got up by themselves this week and make sure I didn't mess up this week. Now, how many people did that? Oh, Lord. And you said you're taking me serious. You have to get off by yourself because why? You may have said something sharp to somebody and didn't ask God for forgiveness, and that thing's still hanging on you. And now you robbing yourself of the blessing God's trying to get to you because you didn't obey me what I said last Sunday. Come on, I need doers of the word of God. I don't need just hearers of the word of God. Come on, I need this church blessed. I need the gifts of the spirit operating in this church. Come on, say amen, somebody. Let's time out with this hearing word. Come on, most of you are mature enough to start doing the word now. Because a lot of people can be holy and sanctimonious when they come to church. Amen? But if they're just as broke as everybody else, family jacked up just as bad as everybody else, come on, say amen, somebody. That means the word is still working, but you ain't working the word because you ain't going over it over again. Come on. We got to be more mature than this. Come on, some of y'all been in this church for 10, 15, 20 years, as long as I've been here. <laughs> There comes a time where you got to start saying, I'm not just going to Sunday service just to hear the message. I'm going to Sunday service to hear the message and live the message. 
Because you can hear all day long, but if you ain't living the message, it don't affect you at all. You get nothing out of it. But a lot of knowledge, you go out there and try to give somebody else. Okay, hey, all right, hallelujah. Once again, since y'all got me off on the bunny trail right then, (laughs) you got to get off by yourself every once in a while and ask the Lord to remind you. Because you know how sharp you are. You know how quick-tongued you are. You know how quick-tongued you are. You got to remind yourself, did I, did I say anything wrong to somebody this week? Did I have any wrong thoughts? Because you may not have said it, but you thought it. Did I have any wrong thoughts towards anybody? Oh, Father, forgive me. Why? Because I want to make sure my spirit is clean so God can bless me and flow through me what he needs to get to somebody else. Come on, are you with me out here? Then I told you after, you know, if God does bring somebody up, I told you what? Picture that person in your mind. And purposely begin to think loving thoughts about that person. You know you got to purposely do this because you want to think the wrong thoughts towards that person. Come on, you picture yourself smacking on the side of the head. Come on. Well, what does Philippians 4 8 tell us to do? All we got to do is do what it says to do. It says, finally, brother, whatsoever things are what? True. Whatsoever things are what? Honest. Whatsoever things are what? Just. Galatians 5 6. Where y'all at up there? <laughs> Philippians 4 8. Finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are Pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report. You see a bad thing listed anywhere? I said, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what are you supposed to do? Think on these things. And as you begin to think loving thoughts about him or her, you say aloud, Lord, I love that person. I love that person. Just as much as you love me, so I'm exercising forgiveness over them right now. I'm changing my attitude towards them, and I'm just going to love them through you. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I know that's kind of hard. And like we said, if, if you see that person three or four days later and find that you know, the back of your hair on your neck starts to rise just from the sight of them. Amen. If them old offended feelings start rising back up again, and you start, instead of thinking a good thing, you start thinking about all the things that they've done to you or said about you or you heard somebody say about you. Amen. What we tell you to do? Don't let that knock you off your stand of faith. Why? Because those feelings that are coming up are just in your flesh, not your spirit. Come on, say amen, somebody. So what do you do? You take authority over them. Tell your neighbor you take authority over them. You say, no, not, not today. I'm not yielding to that junk. I have forgiven that person in the name of Jesus, and I love them. I purposely what? Love them. Then you go out of your way. 
walk over to them and say, you know, I love you, man. I ain't even going to ask for show of hands. Anybody did that this week. And then now, they may turn their back on you and walk away. But once again, that has, that has nothing to do with you. As long as you keep forgiving, as long as you keep loving, what's happening? You're strengthening the operation of the blessing in your life. Are you with me out here? And what happens? Good thing starts happening when you forgive as a sacrifice people who treat you badly. Good things start happening. Tell your neighbor good things start happening. And when they come around you, all you do is what? Smile and you just love on them. And in return, what will happen is you become more and more conqueror through him that loves you. And the longer you live like that, the stronger the power of love and faith become in you, folks. And eventually, it gets to the point where it's bigger than you can even contain. Oh, with me out here. It begins to do what? Flow out of you. And it continues, it begins to start controlling the atmosphere around you. Where people will sense the love just when you walk in the room. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. You change the atmosphere when you open the door. People sense, oh, some, some, something's different in this room when you walked in the room. Why? Because love is now what? Flowing what? All of you. Why? Love never fails, folks. Come on, we started off. Love never fails. If you put it to work by faith, it will produce marvelous things in your life. Now, we need to reiterate this, you know. I need to go over this over and over again. And there's one word of caution that I talked about last Sunday. And that was, don't ever try to use love on someone in an effort to change them. You know how you always want to change somebody else and you ain't changed you yet. Once again... Don't ever try to use love on someone in an effort to what? To change them. Changing them is not your job. Tell your neighbor, changing you is not my job. Glory to God. It's none of your business whether anyone cares about you or not, folks. It's none of your business whether they care about you or not. Your only business, your only business what? As you, how you care about them. And you have no business trying to change other people. That's God's department. Tell your neighbor, that's God's department. If they need to change, that's between who? Them and God. And once again, ladies, don't waste your time praying, please, Lord, change my husband. You're wasting your time. Or please, Lord, change my wife. You're wasting your time. Jane David, you're wasting your time. Why? Because all you're supposed to be doing, you're supposed to be doing, you're supposed to be busy doing what God commanded you to do. You occupy yourself with loving them. Come on, say amen, somebody. Instead of you trying to change them. Change you. Let me say it again. Change you. Because the, the, the bottom line is, 
Am I doing what's right myself before the eyes of God? I start blaming them all the time. Why I'm all as ugly as I'm asking right now. Okay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say your neighbor to your neighbor. Do what God commanded you to do. And what's happening, it'll be amazing, folks. Tell your neighbor, it'll be amazing. Because when you do this, your perspective will start to shift. And it won't take months and it won't take years. It happens more quickly than you would expect. Suddenly, what other people think of you doesn't even matter to you anymore. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Why? Because you're so wrapped up in the love of God. You're so thrilled of the fact that he loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. And you're so busy expressing love to others, nothing else even makes any difference anymore. Just keep yourself occupied by what? Walking in love. And see, the power of love will do what? It'll catch you up and out of the muck of this, what this world is dealing with. And what, what it'll do, the power of love will elevate you to a higher place. Let me say it again. The power of love will elevate what? You to a what? Higher place. It'll lift you up so you can begin to minister to those who are truly in need and they need to see your love in order to bring them out of what they're dealing with. Oh, I'm not talking to anybody in here. Hallelujah. And before long, folks, love is flowing you, flowing out of you so strongly to, to the point where you're looking around, looking, who can I bless today? Instead of thinking about what others can do for me, you'll be saying, what can I do? Is there any way I can help you? Come on. Is there anything I can do for you? Come on. That's love. Amen. Tell your neighbor, that's love. that's love. Now, we stated this may be difficult for a lot of people who, when it comes to love, is totally opposite of your natural lifestyle. Come on. But you're fine. But when you do and say things that are contrarized to what God desires, when you get irritated and you begin to snap at people, God can't join in with that. God can't be a part of that. Come on, say amen, somebody. So what happens is God has to withdraw from a part of your life, and he doesn't like being locked out of any part of your life. Come on, say amen, somebody. He wants to be a part of the whole thing. Somebody say the whole thing. He wants to bless everything you do, everything you say, and everywhere you go. But he wants to manifest it, but he can't do that if you what? Violate his commandment of love. He will manifest himself at all times if you just walk in, walk in. And the more you learn to walk in love, the more he will manifest himself to you like you've never seen before. Everywhere at all the time. And your life will be better. Tell you your life will be better. It'll be better than what you could ever dream of, folks. All because of what? Love. All because of what? Love. But there's still maybe somebody in this room. After all the teaching I did on love. All the teaching I did on the royal law of love. They'll still say, Pastor, you just don't know where I came from. I came from a rough background. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And I don't think I have the capacity to walk in that kind of love. And I would say to you, yes, you do. Tell your neighbor, yes, you do. Amen. Why? 
Are you born again? Amen. How many born again people I have in this room? Amen. Come on, are you a born again child of God? Yes. Amen. That means you've been born of the spirit of compassion. Matter of fact, look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you're born again, you're a child of God, that means you've been born of the spirit of compassion. There is compassion on the inside of you. Whether you activate it or not, it's a whole different ballgame, but it's there. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, for those of you that, I don't know, you just don't know where I came from. I came up rough. In my house, everybody in my house was rough. Love wasn't even in the picture of my house. Well, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells you, therefore, if any man be in, if any man be in, if any man be in, are you in Christ? But then it says here, you are what? New creature. But the key is, all things are what? Passed away, and behold, all things are what? Become new. Guess what? You're a brand new person. Come on, say, I'm a brand new person. You've been recreated in the likeness of love himself, folks. And you're not just an old forgiven sinner. You are a new what? You're a new species of being. Come on, your old background, your old background, that nasty, ugly background that you used to walk in has passed away. And it says here, all things have become new. Everything in you is made of love. All of God's mercy, all of God's goodness, all of God's kindness, all of God's love, all of God's joy, all of God's peace, all of his meekness have been invested in your spirit. Tell your neighbor, it's in there. Come on, tell somebody else, it's in there. Listen, you have the capacity to love just like God loves. Go to Romans 5, 5. Tell your neighbor, you have the capacity to love just like God loves. Why did I say that? Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 5. What's he say here? And hope maketh not ashamed, because why? The love of who? The love of who? The love of who? Is what? Shed by where? In our hearts, by who? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. What you must see, it's in there. But what you must do is activate that capacity by making love the priority of your life. Let me say that one more time. Tell your neighbor, it's in there. I have the capacity to love. But once again, you must what? Activate that capacity by making love the priority of your life. And you must decide that first and foremost, you are a keeper of the commandment of love. Somebody say first and foremost. And see, you may be a husband in this room. You may be a wife. You may be a father, mother. You may be a preacher. Or you may be a businessman. And as important as those roles are in your life, listen, job number one is to watch over that command and guard it. Tell your neighbor, job number one. It supersedes your employment, folks. 
It supersedes what your title is. Your job, number one, is watch number what? Guard that what? Commandment. Come on, keep it in where? Keep it in your mouth. Keep it in your ears. Keep it in your eyes. Come on, say amen, somebody. Keep it ever before you. Come on. Why? Because you want to walk in what God tells you to walk in. You want to be obedient. Tell you everybody, I want to be obedient. So you got to do what? Keep it ever before your face so you can be the husband. So you can be the wife. So you can be the father. So you can be the mother. So you can be the preacher or businessman that you should be before God. What's your number one job though? Guard and watch the commandment of what? Love. But it's surprising. Most people in the body of Christ don't do that. They don't do that. The question is why? See, it couldn't be because they don't know about it. Everybody knows about the commandment of love. If you ask a thousand born-again believers anywhere, at any time, if you ask them, are we supposed to walk in love with one another? What will everybody say? They'll say yes. Not one person will say, well, I don't know. I never heard that before. Come on, say amen, somebody. Yet, the vast majority of Christians, the vast majority of Christians do not practice it. I said practice it. We, listen, we are not famous for the way we love each other. I'll say it again. We are not famous for the way we love each other. But we are famous for our squabbles and our fighting amongst each other. We're famous for that. Come on. We're famous. I mean, everybody knows, oh, there was a fight in that church the other day. <laughs> Sisters also don't like sister also. You should have seen them, boy. They're talking about each other back in the back of the church. Come on. She didn't like what she wear and she said, come on. That's what the church is famous for. Squabbles. Somebody said squabbles. But the question is, why is that? The reason it's like that is because why? Because we don't keep love in the forefront of our thinking. And we totally forget about it at times. We actually lapse every day when it comes to love. Getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. Go to 2 Peter 3 1. See, the Lord, somebody say the Lord. See, he knew this was, going to be a, this was going to be a problem for us. That's why he inspired the Apostle Peter to write 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. God knows what he's doing. So he inspired Apostle Peter to write 2 Peter 3 1. This second epistle, beloved. I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your what? Pure minds by the way of what? Remembrance. That you may be what? Mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostle of the what? The Lord and Savior. He says, stir up your mind to remember. Be mindful of the words you're, you know, you're hearing. Come on, say amen, somebody. And be mindful of the covenant. Amen. 
All too often, we let the Savior's love command slip simply because we haven't ingrained it into our memories. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. But the question is, how do we change that? You change that by surrounding yourself with reminders of the command. Do what? You change yourself by what? Surrounding yourself with reminders of the command. By thinking about it first thing in the morning and all day long. Before somebody pisses you off in that day. So the first thing in the morning, you're putting what? Love on your mind. I'm going to love on people all day today. Before they piss me off, I'm going to love on them. I'm going to what? Love on them. And the next way you do it, come on, you, you do it by confessing scriptures of love all the time. Like those in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Turn there. I'm looking at the New King James Version. You put this in your mouth. You quote this scripture all the time. You put it to memory. Tell your neighbor, you put it to memory. What is that? Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own, does not provoke, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but what? Rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Then you make it personal. You say, the love of God is in me. So I am patient and kind. Come on, the love of God is in me. So I don't envy. And I'm not puffed up. Come on, the love of God is in me. So I don't behave rudely. Or selfishly. Come on, the love of God is in me. So I don't, I'm not provoked. And I think no evil. By the love of God that abides in me, I bear all things. I believe all things. I hope all things. I endure all things. Love of God in me never fails. And see, if you're committed, say neighbor, if you're committed, if you're committed, really committed to keeping the command of love, you should, make it, you should be making these kind of confessions all the time. Amen. Somebody say all the, time. all the time. I'm talking about driving down the street Amen. with one hand on the steering wheel. Amen. Make sure you keep one on the steering wheel. <laughs> and the other hand pointed to heaven saying, I love my neighbor as myself. Because why? Because I know me loving my neighbor as myself is pleasing to my father. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And he loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. And I walk in the power of love all day long. This is why you why, why you're going to work. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then if someone pulls out in front of you, you won't be. And try to blow, blow the black of their tires out. And then have to repent later. Come on, say amen, somebody. In other words, instead you will respond in love instead of offense. Say it again. You respond in love instead of what? Offense. You'll say, God bless that person. 
Why? Because you're already in motion. You're already a blessing going somewhere to happen. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And see, when love, is, listen, when love becomes ingrained in you like that, you'll be able to walk in any circumstance. Somebody say any. Somebody say any. No matter, listen, no matter what kind of meanness, no matter what kind of aggravation you encounter, come on, amen, hallelujah, you'll be able to what? Take authority over your flesh and your mind, come on, say amen, somebody, and operate by your spirit in the love of God. I know y'all don't like to hear this. Glory to God. But understand this. To maintain that kind of spiritual strength, you must spend time with the Lord. Because this takes spiritual strength, folks. Because anybody can go off on somebody. It's easy to go off on somebody. What's hard is you restraining yourself and walking in love. Come on, amen. So, but to maintain this kind of spiritual strength, what do you got to do? You have to spend time with the Lord. You must spend time in his word and keep yourself filled with the word. Somebody say filled with the word. One church service a week will not do it. Say it again. One church service a week will not do it. Your fellowship with the Lord must be a daily thing because some days Amen. your flesh will get up on you on, on, on one morning on the wrong side of the bed. Because some people can just wake up angry. Come on. I'm not talking to anybody in this room. Amen. See, your flesh will get to the point it don't want to love anybody or anything. And you'll feel like you've been pulled under the door. Come on, low down, doggy depressed, down and out. Come on, say amen, somebody. But the best way to overcome those feelings is by ministering to the Lord first thing every morning. Yeah. Minister to him. When you get up, start feeling like to say, Lord, I love you. Yeah. Tell him how much you love him. Come on, say amen, somebody. Tell him how much you appreciate his love and, and, and how thrilled you are about all that he has done in your life. What happened? That'll get you out of those feelings. Because now your mind is on who? The Lord instead of yourself. Because most of them feelings are selfish feelings anyway. Because all you're doing is thinking about yourself. Oh, come on. Go to Ephesians 5.19. So what do you do? You minister who? To the Lord. You let him know you're not only will, you're not willing not only willing, but you're eager to do whatever he tells you to do. All day long. Somebody say all day long. Then you follow the instructions in 519. What's he say here? Speaking to yourself what? And Psalms and what? Hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making what? Melody in your heart to who? To the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our what? First thing in the morning. Put a song in your heart. 
First thing in the morning, Father, I thank you that I even woke up this morning. Don't give your flesh time to get angry. Come on, don't give your flesh time to wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Because why? When you start speaking yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, what you're doing, you're priming the pump folks to get the love flowing for that day. Then you'll be ready to go out there, what? And release it to everybody you come in contact with. Just by going to Ephesians 4.15. Then you'll be able to follow the instructions in Ephesians 4.15 where it says what? Now you can speak the truth in what? Speak the truth in what? Love, then you may what? Grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even who? Christ. Somebody say, speak the truth in love. Now, once I speak the truth in love, now I'm able to do what the Bible says in Ephesians 4.31. Once I speak the truth in love, and I minister to the Lord, now I'm able to what? Let all what? Let all what? Bitterness and wrath. And anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all what malice and be you what kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. I know, well, don't stop there. Go on next chapter, chapter 5, verse 1. It says, be you what? 12. That's chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, not 12. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 1, it says, be you therefore what? Followers of God as dear children and walk in love. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us a what? Offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling Savior. It says be what? Followers of God. And do what? Walk in. Walk in. Folks, when you live like this, when you live like this, the blessing is continually working for you. But you got to live like this. Tell your neighbor you got to live like this. You won't have to strive. Come on, you won't have to sweat. Come on, you won't have to do all those things to make things work for you. Come on, say amen, somebody. You won't have to worry about a thing if you walk in this type of love. All you got to do is what? Keep the commandment of love and stand on the covenant. Somebody say stand on the covenant. The key is what? Love, believe, obey, and you'll be blessed. Say it again. Love, believe, and obey, and you'll be blessed. Let me say it again. Love, believe, and obey, and the blessing will continue to do what? Flow in your life like never before. You will learn to live this way more and more so that what? So when God says give, you'll give. When God says go, you'll go. Come on. You have the attitude that he's the boss. Come on. Say amen, somebody. Do what he says. Tell your neighbor, do what he says. See, once you do what he says, now I can expect to be blessed at every turn, folks. Come on. Expect to be blessed when you leave the house. 
Expect to be blessed when you come back home. Come on, say amen, somebody. Expect to be blessed in between all that. Come on, have an expectation. I'm going to be blessed today. And it doesn't matter whether people treat me right or wrong. I'm going to be blessed wherever I go today. Somebody say, I'm going to be blessed. And after a while, you start enjoying this thing. However, the best part of all is the more established you become in love, folks, the better you will comprehend your Heavenly Father. And the more you'll understand His heart, His purpose, and His plans. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, you still have, but you still have those that say, how can you understand God? You can understand God. Some people say, He's beyond comprehension. That's not true. Because that's not what the Bible says. Well, look at, go to Ephesians 3.14. See, the Bible tells us we can comprehend him if we become rooted and grounded in love. Once again, the Bible says I can comprehend God if I'm what? Rooted and grounded in what? Love. This is the prayer that Apostle Paul prayed for the church. He prayed that he asked, that, yes, would, I hope the church does this right here. He said, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? Strengthened with might by his spirit in what? In an inner man, that Christ may what? Dwell in your hearts by faith so that you be what? You be what? Rooted and grounded in love may be Able to comprehend with all the sense what is the breadth, length, depth, and height of who? God. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be what? Filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 18 says that you may comprehend. See, to comprehend is greater than understanding. Did you catch that? To comprehend is greater than understanding. See, to comprehend means you have a working knowledge of something. Somebody say working knowledge of something. See, you can understand, for example, that if you buy a ticket and you get on an airplane, it's going to take you somewhere, right? Because you bought a what? A ticket. But that understanding that that plane's going to take me somewhere doesn't qualify you to fly the plane. Come on, are you with me out here? To do that, you must what? You must be a trained pilot with a higher working knowledge of the airplane. That qualifies you to be what? It qualifies you on an entirely different level than somebody sitting back in the seat. That's what walking in love does for us as believers, folks. It takes us a, listen, it takes a higher level of comprehension in God. Say it again. It takes a what? Higher level of what? Comprehension of God. It gives us a working knowledge of who he is and how he operates. So instead of being bound to the beggarly, beggarly elements of this natural realm, we can soar with him. Anybody listening to me? Listen, it lifts us to a place. Well, we're so wrapped up in his love, we're so wrapped up in his light, and we're so free from fear that the wicked one can't even touch us. 
Look at 1 John 5.18. You want to get the devil out of your life? Walk in what we're talking about today. He won't even be able to touch you if you walk in this type of love we're talking about. He won't even be able to touch your family if you walk in this type of love. 1 John 5.18 says, we know that whatsoever is what? Born of God or born of love, sinneth not. But he that's what? Begotten of God does what? Keep himself by what? By walking in the love you're made of. And the what? And the what? Wicked one does what? Touches him not. Think about it. We have examples in the word of God. Or the wicked one could not touch certain people. That's what happened to the Apostle John and the Apostle Paul. They got to the point where they were so far beyond the devil's reach. No one could kill them without their permission. Oh, you ain't hear what I'm saying. Now, some of us say, well, I thought Paul was beheaded. Yes, but not before he made a statement in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6, turn there. No one could kill them without their permission. That's how powerful love is, folks. 2 Timothy 4, 6. Look what Paul says here. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my court. I have what? Kept the faith. Listen, he laid down his life on purpose. Why? He had finished his race and chose martyrdom because he wanted a higher class of resurrection, folks. Study for yourself. Paul had already whipped death. He whipped death at every turn. He had been delivered out of shipwrecks, out of dungeons, all kind of perilous situations. Matter of fact, he had been stoned to death once. And they still couldn't kill him. Matter of fact, look at it. Acts 14, 19. He had been stolen to death and God brought him back to life. Because once you walk in this type of love, the devil can't take you out. Acts 14, 19. And there's the game what? There are certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people having what? Having what? Stone Paul drew him out of the city and supposing he had been what? Dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood about him, they're looking at him. Oh, poor Paul. Man, they stoned me to death. Oh, poor Paul. And all of a sudden, Paul jumps up. Now, I don't know if they would have ran <laughs> or screamed. Come on, say amen, somebody. And said, he rose up, came in the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to what? The Derby. It says, Paul rose up, dusted himself off, and went back to work. Come on, that's powerful, folks. Well, the Apostle John had the same kind of testimony. His opponents tried to kill him, tried everything you could imagine to kill him. History tells us they boiled him in oil. They put him down in the oil, and he came up singing. He still wouldn't die. Say that, he still wouldn't die. So they couldn't kill him. So what did they do? They threw him away. They took him, out, they took him out to the Isle of Patmos, hoping to shut him up. 
But then he writes the book of Revelations. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, another early disciple who walked in that kind of death-defying love was Stephen. He had such a revelation of it while the people were stoning him, folks. Look at Acts 7.59. While the people were stoning him, look at what happened. While they were stoning him. It says, and they stoned Stephen doing what? Calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord. Now that's love. Because all y'all be, y'all be something that, are y'all going to hell? <laughs> every, every person threw a stone, are y'all going to hell? You know that's what you be saying. <laughs> Come on. Well, what do he say? Lord. Lay not their sin, this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he what? Fell asleep. See, most people think the stoning killed Stephen. But that's not what it says. While they were stoning him, which is what, what's, listen, which one of the cruelest ways to die. Look at chapter 7, look at verse 55. Who verses up? It says, but he being full of the Holy Ghost. Looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open. And the Son of Man standing on the right hand. Why? Because Jesus was standing there. It says Jesus stood up. Doing what? Ready to receive him. And he fell asleep. What happened? Jesus withdrew him from his body. While they were throwing rocks at him. He told him, come on home, boy. Come on home, boy. And that's one of the things I remember Bishop pre preached. Because we had a music minister. His name was Brother Jeff. And I remembered, I could, I could picture the day what we was doing. It was snowing that day. I was in, working in the youth department. And then we got the noise, we got the news that Brother Jeff's plane had crashed. And he was gone. I mean... You're talking about an anointed brother could sing. And nobody could understand what happened. Because when somebody anointed like that, I mean, he wrote songs. He was a songwriter. He traveled Bishop, and he, had, he was traveling Bishop. And when he was coming back, Bishop fell in the spirit, don't get on a plane. Don't get on a plane. So they didn't go, but it was his anniversary, Brother Jeff's anniversary. And he wanted to get home to celebrate the anniversary with his wife. So he got on the plane, and the plane crashed, and he died. But years later, you know, Bishop didn't preach, you know, talk about it for a while, but years later he came back and told us that according to the word of God, when somebody dies in an accident, a believer dies in an accident like that, God takes their spirit before they even experience one pain. Why? Look at Hebrews 2.9. See, when Stephen popped out of his body, he went to be at the Lord, folks. And when he popped out of his body and went to be at the Lord, his flesh just fell down dead. And I don't believe he felt a thing. I don't believe he felt not one rock. 
Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because Hebrews 2.9 says, but we see Jesus, who is made a little lower of the angels for the suffering of death, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and other, for he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. We as believers, we don't have to, we don't have to face the, the stain and the, and the pain of death, folks. Before ever, we're in, if we ever, we won't, if we ever get in a tragedy, before that we ever experience anything, God takes us immediately out. Why? Because the Bible says he tasted death for every man. And that included Stephen. Come on, say amen, somebody. So they didn't kill him with the rocks. Why? Because you can't kill a man who's already dead. Hello? Listen, the place where the wicked one touches us not, that's where the blessing has taken us, folks. Let me say it again. The place where the wicked one touches us not, that's where this blessing has taken us. We may not be there yet. Tell your neighbor, you may not be there yet. But we're on the way. Tell your neighbor, I'm on the way. With every step of love we take, we're getting closer and closer, and the blessing is overtaking us more and more. With what? With every step of love every day. So make sure you make sure you make it a point that I'm taking a step of love today. Why? Because I'm getting closer and closer. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. I'm getting closer and closer to this blessing to overtake my life. Come on, say somebody. And what happens as it overtakes you? It begins to change things in our lives into a replica of the Garden of Eden. Oh, come on. What happens? It turns sickness into health. It begins to change. Come on. It changes everything in your life. It changes blessings. Come on. It causes the blessing to flow. It turns poverty into wealth, folks. All the blessings of God begin to flow into your life every step of love that you take. So key is don't take a backward step. And get all of what? And get all of what? Love. Go to Deuteronomy 11.21, our last scripture. Because it turns sickness, what? Into health. It turns poverty into wealth. All the blessings of God comes on us. And we begin to have what Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 21 where the father says that the days, your days shall be multiplied. And the days of your what? Children. And the land which the Lord swear to the fathers to give you and they'll be as days. Days of what? Heaven upon the earth. We're going to have days of heaven upon the earth folks. I'm talking about this year. Come on, this year, days of heaven, what? Upon the earth. And the farther down the blessing road we go together, Amen. the wilder and more glorious it will be, folks. Because we're going down this thing together, folks. Tell you, we're going together. And that's what happens when we as believers walk in this road with one another, folks. Are you with me out there? We have to get to the place where we don't let things rattle us anymore. Anybody with me in here? Amen. Come on. Come on. Say them days are over. Amen. 
I'm talking about whatever comes against us. Whether it's pain in our bodies or someone talking ugly about us or anything else. We just what? We just keep walking in love and trusting the blessing. Come on, say keep walking in love. Not just when you come to church. But I'm talking about in ordinary events, ordinary events, events of your life. Just keep walking in love. And what you'll find after a while, it becomes fun. Why? Because we as believers, we are called to walk in love and to be a blessing. We are called to walk in love in big ways and in small ways. And we're called to take this blessing wherever we go, folks. Come on, we are called to bring the conditions of Eden into our homes and to our workplaces, and to restaurants, and to our neighborhoods. Come on, are you with me out here? See, it's not hard to do because why? Jesus' blessing is already on us. It's in every cell of our bodies, and every step we take. Come on, say amen, somebody. It is with us, in us, flowing through us every day. Somebody say every day. And the more we love God, and the more we love people, the more it will work. Let me say it again. The more we love God and the more we love people, the more it will work. If we stay with it, it will spread and spread and spread. It will spread until it affects the entire world. It will affect this entire Caribbean if we stay with it. And people will come into the kingdom of God. Not because of what you're preaching, but because the blessing is flowing out of you. And that's when you'll truly be living a good life. Because why? That's what we were born to do. Lift your hands before the Lord. Come on, say, I was born to do this. Come on, say, I was born to walk in love. Hallelujah. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify your holy and majestic name. Give you all the glory. Give you all the honor. Give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Father, we're here learning how to walk in what we are born to do. We are born to love. We were born to love. We were born to love. And Father, we thank you right now. We can get to that place in our love walk where the wicked one touches us not. Hallelujah.